welcome to the Trends Podcast, a collaboration between the Community Foundation of Polar County and KGNU. I am Rosanna Longo. This monthly series explores the changes happening throughout Boulder County through the experiences of community members, especially those on the margins. We aim to shed light on community challenges, solutions, and paths forward for the county and the country. When it comes to education right now, all parents are having to figure it out how to keep their children learning and up to date with their academic performance. School districts are doing their best to keep on teaching with the limitations of the pandemic and the new technologies in place. The coronavirus pandemic has created numerous challenges for families with children with physical learning and intellectual disabilities. Remote learning is just not suitable for these children. Laura, ¿cómo le va? Pásale porque está frío, ¿no? Hola. Hola, chiquitín. ¿Cómo estás hoy día? Hola, hola. ¿Cómo están? That is the case of the Macarano family. Sí, mi nombre es Octavio Macareno y tengo tres hijos y los tres son tienen un diagnóstico de niños especiales. Their sons, Daniel, age nine, Gael, age five, and Miguel, age three, all have special needs. Su gen está en su sangre hay un gen que los hace que vayan retrasados, como el niño más grande que es Daniel Macareno. Él tiene autismo. Being on the autism spectrum, Daniel does not distinguish when there is danger and does not communicate well. Octavio says he requires constant attention and constant supervision. Tiene deshabilidades intelectuales y él no sabe lo que es como peligro. Él no sabe, no sabe hablar, no sabe expresarse del todo con las personas. Daniel va a la escuela La Fulgios el, el, Elementary. Sí. Y esa escuela es muy buena, lo, lo están ayudando mucho, él tiene muchas terapias allí, lo, lo están Daniel's ayudando. Parents lo are thankful for the support given by all the therapists at his school, Fulgios Elementary in Boulder, where he is cuarto grado. in fourth grade already. Se sienta. Miguel. A ver los dos, los tres, los tres. Yes. Their other sons, Gael and Miguel, Eso. attend Columbine Miguel, Elementary in Boulder, Ay, where they foto. receive a special education. Y Gael está yendo a la Columbine también en kinder y lo están ayudando bastante. También tiene un plan de aprendizaje que se llama IPA, algo así. IPE, los, los dos lo tienen, Daniel lo tiene más reforzado porque tiene más cosas y lo tiene que ayudar. The coronavirus pandemic has created many complications for schools. They are under a requirement to cohort kids and minimize their exposure, not just to other kids, but to other adults also. But children with special needs because of their individual Personalized education have different needs. Also, some of those kids are either 
medically vulnerable themselves or live in households with medically vulnerable people. That means they are not able to attend school in person at all, but it is incredibly difficult for them to access all that they need to learn via the computer. That's a problem the Macarano family is experiencing. No sabe, pues tenemos que tener mucho cuidado con él, estar al pendiente todo el día a día con él, su avance, que a veces hay avances, a veces se atrasa, de todo tiene él y... It is difficult for Daniel to pay attention to online lessons, says his father. Y él solo se enoja y es algo que, que está difícil con él, con él porque pues no sabe uno lo que él quiere, lo que él necesita. Qué A major change with the coronavirus pandemic is how these students are receiving therapies, speech, language, and behavior. A lot of specialists cannot visit one-on-one without becoming vectors for the virus itself. Behavior therapy is the most challenging because it requires one-on-one time with a therapist, but also socialization with others outside of the family nucleus. We have this human and civil rights crisis because we have a significant number of students who are currently not receiving services. That is Alisa Wunacott, Executive Director of Association for Community Living. The ACL is a civil and human rights movement established in the 1960s in response to the denial of public education of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And this is something that hasn't happened for decades, hasn't happened in this way since um, we won the battle um, winning all children the right to an education. So it's very difficult to find ourselves back in this situation where we're trying to again look at environments that are not designed with students with with disabilities in mind and figure out how are they going to be included and how much is the community and the system going to step forward and be their part of the solution. Um, typically, it's it's about parents will have to get better at doing online learning at home or students will have to suddenly be able to concentrate and do school at the, the dining room table, but it's not been very realistic. So I, I think that, you know, with the greatest respect for our school districts who we have been collaborating and working closely with so that we get information, we also do have to push and remind them that um, they cannot ignore these students' needs or their entitlement to an education. The Individuals with Disabilities Education Act ensures students with a disability that they can have an individualized education program known as IEP. Nick Butler, Advocacy Coordinator for the Association of Community Living, helps negotiate IEPs for students with disabilities. He has been finding out how difficult it is for schools to meet the needs of each unique student. So occupational therapists, speech language pathologists, um, physical therapists for uh, for some students, um, 
So that's a that's a whole team, and that's uh, that's the whole team that we uh, talk to when we negotiate an IEP. Um, now, when school is happening over a Zoom call like this, it's hard to have all of those individuals involved, and particularly some of the individuals, such as uh, such as you know the occupational therapists, are are having a lot of trouble because it's it's hard to work on. Uh, work on fine motor skills over a, uh, over a video screen, particularly when you have a student that, you know, has difficulty engaging through a remote, uh, a remote learning situation. Um, in addition, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the things that, for instance, a paraeducator would help with. So, uh, so someone who would be in the classroom to, uh, to assist with things can't, can't really be done over a, uh, over a virtual learning situation. We've got a lot of students that, uh, you know, their parents would love to see paraeducators come into the home, but that's not something that, uh, that the school's liability would, would allow them to, uh, to have happen in this uh, situation. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of these needs are going unmet. Um, and frankly, a lot of those needs are being met by the parents. Um, so in the end, while there while there are teachers and specialists involved, frankly, a lot of the uh, a lot of the hand to hand work, a lot of the uh, the direct work with the students has to be done by parents, who, frankly, are not educators by trade. Right now, all parents, but particularly parents with disabilities, are carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. They have to be parents. They have to be teachers. They have to be specialists. They have to be disciplinarians. They have to be everything all at once. And as long as this pandemic continues, they're going to continue to be called upon to do all of those jobs. And that's that's bad for the parents because it takes them away from everything else that they have in their lives. It's also bad for the children because children need to have distinct roles. The way that a child interacts with their teacher is different than the way that they interact with their parent, and it should be. Eugenia Brady, Advocacy Coordinator and Diversity Specialist, says that parents are exhausted. To try to do everything, not mentioning the ones who have to go to work and they have not been able to go, to, go back to school, to go to work. And, and also, like in my case, that I work with the Latino parents uh, who, you know, Online learning came like out of the out of space, you know. Now, how are they going to do this? How I'm going to I'm going to keep my my son, my my daughter, keep attention to the teacher. I have a I have a, a mom who was telling me last week that she has a daughter with Down syndrome, and she said to me she has to she has to stay there just to be saying, but no no no, look 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 at the teacher over here. Look at the teacher, but mommy, this and that. No, no, no. Look at the teacher. So she said, my work is just I try to do something with her, but my whole time goes into tell my daughter to pay attention to the teacher. The teacher's talking to you. This is what she said, you know, whatever. Um, so it's very, very hard. And this is a this is a mom who has other children, not just this one. So the other the other ones, I she has one, I think it's in kindergarten first grade something like that but she has other children but she cannot go at the same time giving the support to the other little one because she needs to uh being here trying to uh, again 
trying to help the teacher deliver services. So it's very uh, complex situation. Back at the Macaranos patio, Laura, the mom, details the types of therapy her sons must receive, especially the challenge with Daniel's speech therapy, which he must do online. Tiene su terapista también en en línea que es la terapista de habla y tiene una terapista ocupacional que esa ella viene en persona y necesita la terapista um, de comportamiento pero es un poco difícil encontrarla. So ahorita me está ayudando la terapista ocupacional a buscar la terapista de comportamiento para dos niños, que es Daniel y Miguel. Asa Fakhri, child advocate and IT director of Association for Community Living, explains why speech therapists must now be done online, even at school. The schools are under requirements to cohort kids and minimize their exposure to not just other kids, but to other adults also. So we have specialists, say a speech therapist, who in a school may support, um, in an elementary school, six different grades of kids, right? Um, first or kindergarten through sixth grade. Um, they cannot go from classroom to classroom or bring kids in to see them and have that child then leave them and go to another classroom without exposing all the children. Um, you basically have created a vector of that speech therapist. So even the kids that are in schools, very often their therapies are still consisting, still happening remotely, even if it's at the school because a lot of these specialists can't visit one-on-one -on -one without becoming a vector for the, the virus itself. Um, and so you're gonna have limitations there, but those lim the very limitations are to protect the students. So you're, <laughs> you're doing this balancing act where you're trying to get them services, but you're also trying not to expose potentially hundreds of kids through a single vector. But Laura faces additional challenges with her kids. Daniel and Miguel exhibit behavioral problems, so they need behavioral therapy as well. And she has had difficulties finding a therapist that can provide support to deal with issues of behavior in public. Well, that is, that is such a big issue. Um, for us, I mean, there's some pretty startling statistics out there about the disproportionality um, it, with discipline for kids with disabilities. Um, uh, we're constantly hearing of, you know, inappropriate um, use of, you know, and one of the issues that is being accentuated right now is SROs in schools, school resource officers and the roles of having police in schools. And, um, you know, 
I can only speak for myself personally, but I can see no advantage of having armed personnel, especially in elementary and middle schools. There is nothing a police officer with a gun could do better than in my mind, a trained social worker or mental health worker couldn't do better without the possible negative adverse um, consequences, um, especially when dealing with some of our kiddos with behavioral challenges. Richard Garcia, who is a member of the Boulder Valley Board of Education, has been vocal about getting police officers out of schools due to the disproportionately impact on students of color and students with disabilities. He says police should not be involved in schools discipline, especially for students with disabilities. You heard last night about this one particular kid that was autistic. He's a black kid. And uh, uh, I believe he's, what was six years old or something like that. I can't recall exactly. Uh, And they called the police and the police came and a bunch of other cops came uh, to calm this kid down, you know? And if you know anything about autism, you're not going to calm a kid down like that. Uh Uh-uh. Uh, and then the, the response was, well, we don't believe they were SROs. They were beat cops that came. We don't know for sure whether there was an SRO involved in that or not. I don't know. Garcia says kids with disabilities who were already struggling are being disproportionately impacted by online learning. He says that students with an individualized education plan need in-person contact to meet their IEP requirements. Well, you know, a lot of kids that are in disabilities, they have individualized education plans. Their IEPs require very specific um, things to be done so that that child gets a a, a good education. Uh, And a lot of those things, when they were developed, were developed because they had in-person contact, okay? They don't have in-person contact anymore. They are, uh, well, maybe now they're having because one of the, one of the uh, rationales in terms of opening up the kids, the school for K-2 and then kids with, with special uh, situations could come back to school. Uh, but uh, when, when March came and we stopped, we, everybody went remote, it was those kids that were really, really left out, okay, because I don't know, there was hardly anything for them because uh, they were in IEPs. How can you do an IEP? Um, when you need the computer. Con- yeah. Exactly, yeah. when you really need yeah. Yeah. Uh, the personal contact, and especially when we are talking about behavior and all this learning that we do that is not only reading, writing, math, yeah. you know. So, so if you look at some of the IEPs, I, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know it's a high percentage of kids that are in IEPs are in there because of emotional problems, because of, uh, of uh, um, not so much a learning dif- uh, disability, like what you said, they can't read, they can't uh, write or whatever. 
and if they and, and if they were diagnosed like that, then they should be in IEPs. That that's the responsibility of general ed is to get them there. Uh, but a lot of them are are emotional situations, you know, and depending on the emotional category that they're in, you know, uh, it's difficult uh, for because you, know, you got to have, I think, a lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction with kids. Uh, and uh, I don't know, it, it, it's just tough. But I do, I do understand that a lot of our kids with disabilities are not, we're not getting their needs met. But there is a silver lining for the Macaranos. Thanks to the new available funding for full day kindergarten in Colorado, her three and five-year-old can both go to school full-time now. The Community Foundation, through its School Readiness Initiative and its spin-off initiative called El Paso, had an important role to bring about this valuable benefit for Colorado families, helping to double full-time participation in Boulder County kindergarten programs. <music> The full-day kindergarten program is now available in all 35 elementary schools in the county. And for school superintendent Rob Anderson, one of its aims is to benefit students in the learning gap, those at risk of falling behind. That is the purpose of the newly created Equity Council, Consejo de Equidad. For KGNU, I am Rosana Longo.